Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, it's currently 10 a.m. Today is Sunday or Saturday. <laughs> Hard to keep track of the days nowadays. Uh, I am following up with the progress of the biogas digester. I am proud to announce that um, all 80 gallons of cow manure has been put into the biogas digester in a slurry. Uh, and then I went ahead and um, put the water holes back in it to completely fill it all the way to the very top where it's supposed to be. It took about an extra 100 gallons of water to completely top it off. Um, and so that way the output, the effluent, which is the fertilizer, um, I had to wait for some of that water to come out to make sure that the, the biodigester is completely full. Um, so it is completely full. And now that's completely full, it's actually a lot um, higher um, as far as from the ground level sitting up, it's actually probably almost to my hip as far as the, the height of it. Um, but it's also um, thir between 13 and 14 feet long, right? So it's pretty long. So it's completely full. Um, the input and output ports are standing straight up like they're supposed to. So it's looking good. Um, yesterday was a really good day for heating the bowel digester. We had a really good sun. Um, today's weather report over here is completely opposite again. Um, high winds, it's chilly and cold, and it's overcast. So there's not going to be much heat to be gained today from the solar hot water heating system just because it's completely overcast. And in fact, it's a little bit drizzling rain, like a little bit. Um, but we'll see. It might clear up. It might not. It doesn't look like it today. It looks like it's going to be a, a overcast day. Um, but that's okay. I do have that heater element inside the biogas digester that I can turn on if I need to. As of right now, this morning when I woke up, so yesterday we were able to get it up to about 79 to 80 degrees. Um, and it was starting off at a very low temperature because the last days before that was really bad weather. So we was able to gain quite a bit of heat yesterday, which was good. Uh, and then overnight until this morning, um, it dropped down to 80 84 degrees and as of right now it's at 70 degrees 70 actually 70.5 I think or 70.6 because I do have that temperature sensor inside the biogas digester um, so we're just going to let let the radiant heat from the day from the because you know even if there's cloud cover um, you can still you know soak in some heat um, so I'm assuming it's probably going to get around 74 maybe 75 degrees maybe today um, but that's okay um, as long as I'm main, you know, I'm not staying on the colder side. I want to stay on the warmer side as much as possible. But the wind, the wind and the, the cold wind, the breeze is, you know, blowing onto the biogas digester bag. And that's what's actually cooling it down. That's what's, um, that's my nemesis at this moment. And so, like I said, I did plan on putting a like a hoop, hoop greenhouse style over it. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it I'm really really thinking about it just because if I was able to keep the cold wind off the bag it'll stay warm you know because it's going to be like a greenhouse right it's just going to keep the heat in a lot better no wind blowing onto the biogas digester bag and cooling it off so I'll be able to maintain a more constant temperature um, some people may say why don't you like put bales of hay around the digester or any of that I don't want to do that the reason for it is because I want the, the black bag, the biodigester bag itself, um, to soak in heat from the sun, 
right? So if I put a if I put bells of hay around it, I'm preventing the sun from being able to hit that. If I put it into a greenhouse, it's still going to do the same thing. It's going to the sun can penetrate through the clear plastic, um, and you know the biogas bio digester can still um, soak in that heat. But not only that, it'll, the temperature within the greenhouse will be a way different temperature than it is outside because the heat's going in and it's not you know it's not escaping as easy. Um, and then not only that, keep the wind off the biogas digester bag itself. So yeah, um, from now, from this point on, my only goal is to try to maintain a higher temperature. Um, that way you can start producing and colonizing all the microorganisms inside of the biogas digester and let it do its thing, you know. So I don't have to do anything else to it right now, at least. Um, I am going to be considering what type of greenhouse I'm going to be putting I'm really considering the hoop greenhouse um, just because I can get plastic pretty cheap and easy and I can, you know, put, you know, fold it over the top of the frame I build and then I can secure it down and um, that's it, you know, nothing too crazy. And then the plastic can be replaced very cheaply and easily over, you know, over time and stuff like that. Um, the other thing I'm going to probably do is um, there's one area of the, the biodigester that, that gets a lot of wind. Um, so if I do put some type of greenhouse there, I'm going to make sure I secure it down really good. On maybe that one side, I might put um, some netting um, in order just to lock down that area so that way the wind doesn't just tear everything apart. You know, that, that is the adverse effect of using, um, you know, the poly plastic um, for a cover is that, you know, it's prone to ripping, um, you know, and the sun will degrade it over time. But then you have to, I have to look at the fact that it's also relatively cheap to replace, you know, and it's actually cheap and easy to install, you know. Now I could <coughs> um, buy um, see-through um, roofing panels. You know, for like a like if you're building a daylight on a porch or something like that, you can buy these, um, you know, clear roof panels. They're corrugated looking, and then I would never have to worry about replacing them for a very very long time. But the problem with that is is that it's it's going to be a lot heavier. Each panel, when you start adding them up, start putting them on, there's way more work involved. It's heavier, but not only that, um, it's not going to. I want to kind of create a seal. You know, to try to trap the heat in as much as possible. I will have some ventilation, obviously, where the door is at to come in and out. So I'm not worried about the ventilation side because the door will be, it'll be closed, but it's going to still have gaps around the door and everything to allow, you know, some ventilation. Um, but I'm trying to trap the heat in as much as possible. So I have some thinking to do as far as that's concerned. Um, so now that's done, um, there's nothing else I can do besides come up with my game plan for the greenhouse. Um, I am going to implement the other solar hot water heating panel um, at a later point just because I want to get my wind turbine back up and running. Um, it's actually still broken down. I need to get it back up and running. Um, so, and the, the reason for that too is, like I was stating in the last podcast, is we have so much high winds that, you know, I could actually be putting extra heat through the heating element into the biogas digester to heat. So like on a day like this where it's, you know, cold and overcast and windy, I would still have a lot of surplus energy that I could just pump into that heater element into the biogas digester. So 
Um, I do need to get my wind turbine up and running so that way I can actually turn on the heating element at night from time to time, like put it on a timer, run for an hour or two here and there. And then that is going to help out quite a bit. So yeah, um, today I am going to try to find a new location to set up my wind turbine. This is probably going to take mm, maybe a day or two. Yeah, no, probably at least two days, at least two days to complete. Um, because the last area that I had the wind turbine set up, it got the, the two reasons why my wind turbine came crashing down was, first of all, the cattle. The cattle came by and they were scratching on the guide wires that hold the wind turbine up and they snapped the turnbuckles. The turnbuckles that I have connected to anchors into massive big boulders, um, they snapped the turnbuckles. And once you, they snapped all the lines from, you know, pushing on it, scratching on it, you know, because cows are big and heavy, man. I mean, over a thousand pounds, easy, no problem, you know. So um, once they snapped all the lines, the wind turbine was basically standing up there by itself with no support. And the wind kept going and going. And what happened was it actually started rocking the base where the base is concreted into the ground. It actually rocked the base back and forth. It's kind of like if you take a T-post or a post in the ground and you just keep wiggling it and wiggling it and wiggling it. Eventually what's going to happen is it's going to come really, really loose and it's just going to be able to fall over or pull out. In my case, it wiggled and wiggled and wiggled the concrete base so much that it actually pulled the concrete base when the you know because there's that force on the wind turbine it basically pushed it over and pulled the concrete completely out of the ground you know because it was wiggling it loose for so you know for so long and another thing is too i wasn't on i wasn't at my ranch house for a couple of months because i was doing a bigger project um someplace else for another home i own and uh, you know, I got a phone call saying, hey, your wind turbine is down. So I came out and I took a look at it. I was like, oh, boy. And I, you know, I'm looking at everything that happened. I look at the turnbuckles. And then I also remember when I came out one time, the cattle were on the hill scratching and pushing on the guide wires. And I, rem I remember one was already snapped and broken. So I was kind of hoping that it would hold on long enough for me to get back to the ranch um, in order to address it and fix it. Um, but here we are, right? So this is my game plan now. I have two choices. First of all, I have to find a new location of where I want to put the wind turbine base, okay? Once I figure that out, then I can move on to the next step. But here, here here's what, what I'm thinking. We have these massive blue rock boulders. They're huge. They're all over. I just have to make sure I pick the right one. Now, I can dig a hole, pour concrete again, and put the base on it, and do it that way, like I've always done. That's pretty much how I've always done it. But I started thinking, on top of the hill up here, there's some massive boulders and I have an SDS plus hammer drill with the chipping bits. What I may do is I'm, I'm thinking about going on top of the hill and finding a nice big solid boulder and chip the top because, you know, rocks are not flat. You know, they're all different shapes and stuff. Um, chip and flatten out the top of one of these boulders and rocks. Then all I have to do is drill into it. And put my concrete anchors and put my base, my wind turbine base onto it. Now it's locked onto an actual boulder that's in the ground. And that would eliminate me having to dig. That would eliminate me having to buy concrete. Um, and then mixing the concrete, moving the concrete. And so my SDS hammer drill is from Milwaukee, so it's battery powered and I have tons of batteries. So I could easily just sit there and chip away at it and make a flat surface for the wind turbine base. 
And even if I wasn't able to make it completely flat, maybe it's a little bit jagged, all I'd have to do is just mix up a little bit of mortar or just a little bit of concrete to float the top over to make it flat. You see what I'm saying, guys? To eliminate me having to dig. Because I remember when I was digging on top of the hill, I kept hitting boulders. I had to keep moving around until I could find a spot where I could dig deep enough to put concrete in. So that was my nemesis was boulders in this hill. So this is my thinking process. If I just chip away, make the top of one of these boulders flat enough, just big enough for the wind turbine base to, to be mounted flat and, and level, then I'm good. And all I got to do is anchor it into the concrete, I mean into the um, boulder with some concrete um, lags. And I'm good. Then I can go ahead and double check my wire length. Because I think I'm going to end up having to move it farther away from my solar panels. So that way if it does crash down again in the future. At least it won't hit any of my solar solar panels. Because it did bust up one. Um, shattered one of them. Broke it up. And the other one was twisted. So I want to keep it away from my solar panels. <clears throat> now keep in mind the wind turbine is sitting. I think I, think I have a total of either 30 or 40 feet. It's pretty long. I think it's 30 feet, 30 something feet, 32 feet maybe tall. So um, yeah, I wanna make sure when, if it does fall again for whatever reason, um, you know, it doesn't damage any of my other equipment. So yeah, the only thing is, is that, so the cattle, I'm actually in my house, I'm looking out the window and I can see the cattle right behind my house on top of the hill where I wanna put the wind turbine. The problem is we had two brand new babies born. One was born yesterday and one was just born this morning. And so, you know, the mothers are over there trying to, you know, take care of their newborn um, calves. And so I want to give them their space right now. Um, one of the babies is walking around. The other one, like I said, is brand new. So it's, um, you know, it still has to stand up and walk around. But once they stand up and walk around, then they'll start following the mother around and then they'll move on, you know. But I can't, I don't want to go up there right now and bother them. I want to let them do their thing. Because here's the thing, I don't want to scare away all the cattle and then that one baby that's not walking just yet, um, you know, gets left. And then next thing you know, we're going to have an abandoned um, um, calf and then we're going to have to deal with that. So it's just better I give them their space, give them their time. And then once they kind of move on out of the way, I'll go up there and determine, um, you know, which rock is going to work for me and see if it's even going to be fusible. If it's not going to be fusible, then I'll have no choice but to drill a hole. I'm not drill a hole, dig a hole uh, and start mixing concrete. I got to go buy concrete and stuff like that. So then I got to remeasure the distance because I know where I'm going to be putting it is farther away than the current um, power cables that I have running to the wind turbine. So it means I'm going to have to run longer cables, um, which is technically okay because I do have um, cabling available to me already that I don't have to purchase. Um, so I could go a lot further away if I need to. So that's kind of my thinking process here right now. Yeah. I wish these cat the cattle. It's funny because for all these days, I was hoping the cattle would stay close to my house so I could pick up their manure. Now that I'm done with the manure, I'm like, please go away. Please go away so I can <laughs> do my next project. So, um, oh yeah, look, the sun's coming back out. But it's in between these clouds. It's definitely in between the clouds. So... But yeah, guys, the bow digester is pretty much done. All I got to do is put some type of greenhouse on it, which I'm going to work on. Um, but I'm going to be moving on to the next project because I do have to give the bow digester some time to start activating, start doing its thing. 
Um, I do need to run gas lines from the bottle gas digester to my house. I already have the gas lines. I already have my fittings. Um, so it's just a matter of me um, routing the line, drilling the holes through the floor so I can bring the gas line up um, and basically just get that set up. But like I said, I do have at least a week, at least a week to, you know, put the gas lines in. And the gas lines will literally go in in a day because um, I'm using that HomeFlex gas line product, which is basically like a, um, it's kind of, it represents, it all, it's almost like PEX, but it's not PEX. It's very similar to PEX. But it's made for natural gas and it's made for propane as well. So uh, I do have to run that gas line, but it'll take only only a day. No problem at all. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then this afternoon, um, I'm going across the island to the opposite, the other side of the island. And I got to pick up a couple supplies from Home Depot um, for another project I have going on. Uh, but I need to get the supplies because they only had limited supplies and I purchased it online. So it's sitting for me to pick up. And if I don't pick it up today, they'll put it back on the shelf and it'll probably, probably sell. And then I'll be out of the, the the parts that I need for this other project. So I do have to do that today. So, But let me tell you guys, the new biogas digester um, that I purchased um, looks nice. It does. Um, it looks really nice. So I'm really hoping it, it holds up and does what it's supposed to do. Um, the lifespan on this biogas digester is 10 to 15 years. Um, and the 10 to 15 years is only represented on certain components, like the plastic components as exposed to sun, you know? So like the inlet and the outlet ports are, are you can be changed. You can buy, um, replacements for them. So in 10 years or 15 years, if the plastic becomes really brittle and needs to be replaced, then I can remove it and replace it. Um, the biogas bag itself is supposed to last um, minimum 10 years. Um, no, sorry, minimum 15 years. But the bag itself, the biogas bag is actually um, inside of this thick, heavy black canvas bag. Um, so the canvas thick black bag on the outside is what's protecting the actual bag inside of it. Right? So I, I am glad to see that I can get replacement parts for the inlet and outlet ports so that's no big deal so yeah this system should be here minimum minimum 15 years yeah absolutely minimum uh especially if i put a greenhouse over it the 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 heat will come through um but it'll save the plastic from breaking down as much but like i said the plastic is very minimal and it can be replaced on an ibc tank that's a there's a big difference with an ibc tank it's all plastic Right. And the plastic on that, if you leave it out in the sun, gets brittle over time pretty quick, too. And that was the issue I always had with IBC tanks for biogas digesters. They're, they're great and they work for that. Absolutely. They do. I've proven that in my videos. But from my experience um, over the years of using those IBC tanks, um, the, the top of the tank always cracks, always starts to crack. And then I'm having to deal with the cracks and fix the cracks and I'm chasing the cracks because... After I fix it, I'll, I'll be wondering why my biogas bag is not filling up with biogas. And I'll go back out there and the crack has spread or there's a new crack or it's just so brittle. You know, so that was my issue with the IBC tanks. Um, but yeah, a lot of work has gone into this, guys. Um, you know, here's the thing, too. It's like I'm, I could have just set up the biogas digester just as it is without anything extra, without the radiant floor heating, without a heater element, and just let it do its thing. 
And would it produce biogas? Yes. It would take a lot longer for it to get started. It would also take a lot longer to, to produce gas over time. But it would produce gas, no problem. Um, but, you know, I wanted to push myself a little bit. I wanted to think outside the box a little bit. And um, just try different things to help better the situation. Because if I can better the situation, then I'll have more production out of my system. Which means, in return, I have more cooking gas available to me on demand. So, you know, it's just pros and cons. Oh, another thing is I now have almost 25 gallons of food waste ready to go. <laughs> uh, so um, one of my um, uh, fa family members, they, they have um, you know, their, their household and they have a lot of food waste too. So I gave them a, one of my black buckets um, to fill up for their food waste. And so they, um, I got the notification yesterday that they said that uh, the bucket's almost full already. They need a new bucket. <laughs> so between my food waste um, and my family's food waste, we also have another family that is putting their food waste into it. So that way they don't throw it into the trash and it stinks the trash up and smells. So they're happy to put it into a bucket for me because it's airtight. They just open the lid, throw the food in, close the lid, and it's done. You know? They don't have to worry about a bag ripping when they're taking trash and having rotten food pouring out of the bag anymore. So they're pretty happy about that. So yeah, if you guys are getting into biogas, and especially if you're doing a big system like mine, um, work with other people you know. Tell them, hey, look, I'll give you a bucket. You don't, you know, a free bucket with an airtight lid. And just put your food waste in. And when you're, when you're, when it's full or almost full, just give me a call and I'll come swap it out. And that's what I do. So as soon as the bucket gets full, I'll go pick up that bucket and give them a brand new clean bucket. So I'm always rotating buckets and swapping buckets. Um, not only that, my mother called me the other day and she said, hey, I heard you're doing the biogas thing again. I said, yeah. She goes, well, bring me a bucket. And I said, why? She goes, because I have a lot of food waste. She said, there's a lot of stuff in the freezer that was freezer burned um, and stuff like that. So she said, she's probably got enough to at least fill up one bucket. And then, you know, I'll swap it out and then she'll fill up that bucket as well. So I'm essentially going to have, <clears throat> let's see, one, two, three, four, five buckets at five different places being filled up besides my own. So <laughs> we're going to have a ton of um, food waste to be able to throw into this biogas digester once it starts producing um, gas. So I'm pretty excited about that. <clears throat> and now keep in mind, the maximum, the absolute maximum I'm able to put into this biogas digester daily is five gallons of food waste. And I don't plan on put, putting five gallons in there daily. I plan on putting anywhere between a gallon to, say, three gallons a day. So the surplus I have is going to get stretched out over time. Plus, we're going to be accumulating more. So I will always have, you know, reserves of food waste to throw into the biogas digester. You know, um, if I was to throw a five-gallon bucket in, sure, I could do that. No problem. But that would be the maximum. You know, I don't want to hit the maximum. Um you know, I don't want to overwhelm the biogas digester. So anywhere between any food scraps we have, we're going to throw it in there. But we're going to stay below the maximum amount, which is allowable for the system I have. And that was a problem I had before when I was first experimenting with biogas many, many years ago. Was that I just kept feeding it tons of food, tons of food. And what was happening was I was overwhelming the biogas digester with too much food. You know, because I had a IBC tank that I was using, which is only, what, 275 gallons of water, right, that, that it can hold the volume. And I was literally putting in, 
you know, gallons a day. Easy. You know, sometimes I was putting in a whole five-gallon bucket into that bottle of gas digester. And was it producing gas? Yes. But I also noticed that um, it would slow down quite a bit because I was overwhelming the system. And then not only that, because the bottle of gas digester was so small, the one I had before, that some of the stuff coming out wasn't completely broken down yet. Um, I, I, I noticed that. And that's when I started realizing that I was overfeeding the bottle of gas digester. I was just so excited about feeding it and throwing stuff in it. You know, I was just doing it. And the next thing you know, I'm overdoing it. So <laughs> we're not going to do that this time. We're going to do everything moderately. We're going to stretch everything out over time. Um, that way I don't run out of food scraps. Because if I start just dumping five-gallon buckets in every day, sure, I could do it. But at the same time, I'll just be depleting a lot of story, um, extra food waste that I could be stretching out over a period of time. Because the goal here is, is not just to get gas today. It is to get, get gas every day for a very long time, over a decade. So, you know, just go easy and it'll work out just fine. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, guys. I'm looking at this bottle gas digester through my window right now because it's so windy and cold outside. I'm like, wow, look at this thing. Looks pretty nice, let me tell you. Real nice. Pretty impressive to tell you the truth. And um, yeah. So I'm just going to hang out, wait until the cattle move. Then I'm going to go on top of the hill and see if I'm able to find a nice big boulder that I can flap the top off and um, anchor in the um, wind turbine base. That's another thing too. My wind turbine pole, the wind turbine base is still connected to that concrete slab that pulled out of the ground. So I will need to remove the pole out of the wind turbine base, unbolt the wind turbine base from that concrete slab that pulled out. Um, and then I can go ahead and start figuring out where I'm going to mount the next one and then run my power wires and cables. And I already have my charge controllers all set up already. Obviously, nothing's changed with that. The charging parameters are all the same. So essentially, all I got to do is mount a wind turbine, get it stood up, get the wires connected, and that's it. Let it start producing power already. So my hold up right now is the cattle. I've been begging the cattle to come around my house. I swear to God for the last week, just come around my house and poo everywhere so I can scoop it all up, you know? Well, now they're finally here. <laughs> I don't need their cow manure. Uh, we'll see what happens here. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, if you guys are trying biogas for the first time or you guys have tried it and you guys are still continuing to use it, hey, good for you guys. Um, you know, try to better your family, try to save some money, um, try to better the environment, you know, um, use this gas for, you know, your cooking, your heating, your hot water, running generators, whatever you want to do, do it, you know, and for those of you that are not doing biogas, hey, that's okay too. That's okay too. Um, maybe you're just learning, maybe you're just taking in the information. That's great too. You know, always just being more well-rounded, um, being more educated is good. Is really good, you know. Like I said, solar is not for everybody. Wind turbines are not for everybody. Um, biogas is not for everybody. You know, living off grid is not for everybody. You know, there's there's no right and wrong answer. But for me personally, I like the fact that you know I don't have to pay anyone for anything as far as um, like electricity bills, heating bills, you know, gas bills, um, that kind of stuff. I'm living way more efficient. Uh, which also broadens my horizons, makes me a smarter person because I'm able to experiment with things and try different things. Um, but not only that, 
I'm able to pr provide for my family. I'm able to save more money, put more money back into my pocket over a period of time. Um, so I'm going to be in a better situation, obviously, every day going forward. You know, so each his own for sure, guys. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in, and I'll keep you guys updated. Um, hopefully tomorrow I have another update for you guys. I did uh, make the YouTube video. Um, I, I have to edit it for this Biogas Digester. Um, but, yeah, give me some time to edit it. And then I'll put it together, release it so you guys can see what it looks like, where I built this platform, you know, what I had to do to get to where I'm at, so you guys can see everything I've been talking about. So stay tuned for that video. I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can release it in the next maybe two days, maybe three days max. So just give me some time, guys, and uh, I'll get that released for everybody to see. And then you guys might get excited or be like, ah, you know, but hey. You know, I'm just doing what I can. I'm just trying to do my part, guys. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. See you guys in the next one.